In this episode, we have Ian Tolson, who comes on the show to talk about his journey from addiction to homelessness to being a successful life coach. You don't want to miss this one. Hello, mi gente. We are back for an episode of True Lessons. Listen up, my majesties. You are in for a treat. This season focuses heavily on healing from all our traumas. We all have some sort of trauma to heal from, so open up your mind and hearts because True Lessons is bringing you true healing. Ready or not, here I go. True Lessons, the podcast for learning, enjoyment, and healing starts now. Welcome to True Lessons, Ian Tolson. You have been a person that's been coming up in my queue for a little bit, and I'm glad we finally got together and we're here sharing this space so you can share your story and what you have to offer people in terms of building habits. I know that's big for you, but please Mm -hmm. welcome and introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi. Glad to be here. It's been a journey and I'm excited to share some good information for everybody because I would definitely say nothing is overnight gratification. A lot of the time, the things that are really worth it. And so my personal journey started when I was fairly young. Before I was a teenager, I was put on a drug called Ritalin. And I was on it for about four years, and it caused some damages that couldn't be changed mentally. And Mm. so I went into some severe states of depression, and it was all to help with school. So let me back up a little bit. I went into a specific school, and I was just being a kid in class, you know, had a lot of energy. And the teacher sent me to see the principal, and the principal very quickly because they were a psychiatrist said we got to put you on drugs and then told my mother that if they if i wasn't put on drugs i'd be kicked out of school so my mom was in a pretty hard choice in a pretty hard position because she not only had the the principal of the school she had a medical doctor um another parental figure and one other adult all saying that the best option is to put me on drugs. And and me personally, I'm in the back of my mind saying drugs are not what I want to do, even as a kid, like I was totally horrified by what was happening. And so I got put on the drugs and it caused some damages that were, I I had a harder time communicating. I had a harder time getting along with people. I couldn't think clearly. I turned into a zombie-like state. I stopped eating a lot more food. I'm pretty sure I missed a growth spurt. And it was severe states of depression, like as a young kid, like not even knowing and not and not even knowing why this is occurring. I remember there were times where I had my parents telling me, you need to eat some more food. And I'm like, I'm just not hungry. Just no appetite at all. Like, and that's not good at that age. And so my memory started to get worse because of this as well. So I have this combination of like, getting aggravated, irritated, not easy to be around others, having a harder time with memory, all from what I can see, all caused from this drug. And it took 
it's a lot of time for me to really isolate how to fix the problem. And it wasn't even until these last, I would say, three years that I actually, so like tw at least 20 years of going through this like really hard bottoms for being a kid to like going into 20s and 30s and being in this state of going through depression for many years. And then not only that, but going, going from being homeless to becoming a, a further drug user and sleeping outside in the cold, like we're talking negative 10 degree weather type of stuff. And then getting to the point where I, I had to keep working at how to solve the problem. It never came to me. Nobody ever just said, Oh, here's this magic thing that'll, that'll solve this problem for you. Like at, at, at a certain point after about three years of taking the drug, I said, the drug is not the solution. Mm -hmm. If I just, if I just said, I just need to fix my eating habits. Mm. If I fixed my eating habits, then that would help me focus in school. Cause before I was eating sugar, like I'm figuring this out as a kid, I have no medical doctors telling me what's right or wrong. I'm just a kid that is okay. wanting to get off drugs. Listen so, to your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I get, I decide to get off the drugs. I get out of, I get into a different school. I get off the drugs. I actively choose all to do all these things. And then I switch my eating habits around. And from there, that was the first start. That was the, the, the very beginning. And from there, I had to, because I was also dealing with this emotional aggravation and irritation and not being able to get along with others now, I now have to fix this. Yeah. And before I was on the drugs, I was getting along with people quite, quite well. Like I was nominated like class clown, like everything was mm -hmm. good. And then I get to put on this drug and then it's like, I'm suddenly not liked by a lot of people. That's how it felt. And that's kind of what I saw too, because it wasn't like I had friends after I started being on the drugs. So I had to figure out how to me mechanically, like ha I had to figure out what, what words do I say? Like I had to habit this thing out mm. quite literally. I had to figure wow. out what, what questions do I ask? Because I'm also dealing with a memory problem as well. Right. So I can't hold these long conversations with people. I have to find what are the six questions that I can ask someone that will get them to open up and create a relationship with somebody. And keep in mind, this isn't something that happened in five days, happened in six days, happened in a year time frame. I mean, I'm dealing with this problem for 15, 20 years. And I'm, I'm finally at the point because of certain supplements that I take and being able to control my emotional states by taking walks and doing breathing exercises that I'm not getting irritated. I'm able to get along with people. I can work through difficult conversations with people now much, much, much better than I ever have before. And it's all thanks to working on these small little things called habits because nothing ever, I would say, was like gifted to me on a very fundamental level. Like nobody ever just said, you're going to be an amazing athlete or you're just, you just have a gift for talking with people. I don't have any gifts. That's like, let's just mm -hmm. clarify, you know? I mean, I think <laughs> the, the, if there was one gift I ever had, it was my ability to say, okay, I'm going to stretch every day. And I've been stretching every day for m more than 20 years at this point, more than probably 25 years at this point. 
And yeah. it all stemmed from a point of pain though. Like my, uh, when I, when I got into stretching, I was a gymnast, I was doing gymnastics and my gymnastics instructor pushed me a little bit too far. And I was kind of, I was kind of like edging him to do it. And so like I, by, by situation, I got, I stretched too hard and I was really sore for two weeks. But after that point, I said, I'm never going to have to relearn any of those stretches because I'm going to stretch every day. So that was like a point of pain that I then learned how to, how to compensate for it. And then the drugs were also similar because I had a point of pain and then I learned to compensate for it. And then when you look at a, a 20 year span of time, it's like, I literally went from being homeless like 12 years ago for several months, you know, sleeping outside and people telling me you look hungry. Mm. It's not, a, it's not a very satisfying thing when someone tells you that, especially when it's a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then going from this point of also being a drug user, drinking, smoking cigarettes to then going to this point, this transition state of like, okay, getting into having a normal house, getting into having a job, quitting drinking, quitting doing drugs, quitting smoking, and then getting into this point of like, okay, now helping this nonprofit out, keeping a stable job. And then over time, like over five or six more years, like, okay, okay, then now we're moving to a different state. Now we're keeping a stable job for several years. And now we're buying a house and now you're buying a car and you're quitting doing all those things. Now you're podcasting. Now you're focusing on habits. And so my story has a lot more to do with how I overcame these difficult parts of my life. And I want to be clear that I have a clear enough mindset that everything that I experienced wasn't drastic or horrible or detrimental in any way, because I know that, for example, people who go into the military have some really intense things that they go through. P PTSD is like post-traumatic stress disorder is so much more intense than anything that mm. I have ever gone through. And there's, and it, there's recordings and like documentation of, of the things like my, uh, I have, I have a family member, for example, who was a, who served in the military and his, right ankle is so screwed up that he has problems walking and he has back problems now because uh a i don't know if it was a grenade or like some he had some huge impact mm. from a force that like knocked him down so hard and he has these physically debilitating injuries that have impacted his entire life and so we kind of like and he's had to work backwards from that and so i just want to make it clear that like i've had these things have been tough for me at my yeah. own level. But I also understand that overall in general, that in the world, like everything I went through wasn't like the worst thing ever either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal to even speak that way. Um, because I'm sure people listening are like, whoa, that sounds you know, traumatic. And I think mm. also when it comes to the emotional toll that some things do take on people, mm -hmm. it could be forever, you know, they're dealing with it forever, you know, and they feel as if they're damaged somehow because mm -hmm. it's a part of them. But the way you're describing it is from a lens of someone who's healed from it in so mm. many different ways. And some people don't emotionally heal from it. They may physically, they may mentally because they're able to, you know, hold their jobs and everything, but mm -hmm. it will show up right it, in many instances, especially in relationships, because it's easier to kind of 
put a facade for some people, go to work and do the mm-hmm. nine to five. But then when they're alone or when they're home and their safe space, they'll have the tantrum and mm-hmm. it'll all come to the surface. So it's really interesting to hear that being homeless and going through that to me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, if, if an adult that I was supposed to trust in the school system, I'm an educator. So, and, mm. and hold <laughs> an administrative license. And when I think mm-hmm. of that, I go, Oh my God, <laughs> uh, wh- how, how do they get to practice and do this and get mm. away with it? Because mm-hmm. not only can they damage one person, when you damage one person, you're damaging a multitude of people the same way. When you heal one person, you're helping mm-hmm. a multitude of pe- you know, people. And I feel like it goes both ways, mm-hmm. but it is, it is actually very refreshing to hear you say like, you know, I think sometimes we make things bigger than they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, our imagination has no end. And so we will, you know, heighten things that already are just that. And I think we are in control of that. We may not be in control of what happens to us, but we're absolutely in control of how we handle it. Mm-hmm. And your experience um, proves that, that, you know, mm-hmm. you can absolutely, in, in essence, and I hate to use the phrase, but kind of get over it. But mm. you've pushed through and challenged through, and mm-hmm. you're here today helping others. Mm-hmm. And it's something that started so young. I mean, you were you were a kid when you started to experience this imbalance and have and being pushed on to drugs. Because I say that a lot with people, like you know, be careful every time you have a little headache, taking pills. Like there's there's something mm. else. Listen to your body. Drink some water. Did you get rest? Do you have allergies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm always <laughs> Listen, stop. And and I think it's important to listen to your body. And you did just that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your body's not going to throw you off. I mean, it's the same way as like, listen to your gut. Your intuition is very real. And it's just interesting mm-hmm. that you did that all on your own, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why you've been so successful. Because honestly, the noise out here will just drive mm-hmm. you deeper into any kind of addiction um, or just, you know, challenging issues that won't help you really pursue what you really want to. So, mm-hmm. I mean, your, your story is completely, um, it's, it's just out of this world. I've never heard a story like yours. And, mm. um, I think it's really important to go back to that transition. You know, mm-hmm. what were the habits that you started to practice that you felt were extremely effective? And what were the challenges that you faced during that time of transition from being homeless and addicted to, sobri- you know, the sobriety and, and being mm-hmm. successful in what you do today? Great question. And one thing that I would kind of reflect on now that we're talking about this a little bit more and like listening to, to yourself and trying to avoid all the noise out there is because I've had a hard time getting along with others and making friends and keeping some, I mean, I, I do have some lifelong friends, like let's, let's be clear. Like I've, I've had a, I've had a friend, many friends for, for a long time, but um, I would, wouldn't say a many, but like, I would say like three or four people that I've stably had in my life for a long time. Um, but I would say that for the most part I've avoided, like not by choice, but not really, like, I've just noticed that there's been kind of a restriction on myself in some way of being able to connect with others. And so I think as a survival mechanism in a way, because I have those experiences with drugs and like taking these adult figures who were in charge of me and saying, you're supposed to be doing this. And I have this horrible reaction from it. I've kind of, as a survival mechanism, had to like listen to myself and figure out what do I want to do? Because 
I know that a lot of people go and look for advice or seek the right type of information. But honestly, what I have noticed is that when I go for a walk and I really just take the time to examine my thoughts, I'll write them out, I'll go for another walk. I usually come up with the right idea of how to think of the situation by myself. I don't necessarily, the, the thing I've noticed is that when I give someone else the information, they might be able to see it from like another perspective, but they mm -hmm. can only really take one tenth of what you're saying and be like, oh, this is the right solution. It's, but there's these nine other things that you're not even able to communicate because you still have to mentally process them. And so when you go for a walk, you're giving yourself this opportunity to say, you know, how do I really feel about that? How do I think about that? And then you go back mm -hmm. to writing it out and you're like, ah, this is why I think this way. And this is why I think this right. way. And this is why this is happening this way. But to answer your question, I would say the habits that help the most. I mean, the consistency of doing it every day was really the thing. I would say stretching was like the core start of what happened. And the basic parts about it were if you look at a habit, the breakdown of it, the most important ones are time and where you are. So mm -hmm. the time of day and the where you are are the two things that will help you figure out the best way to go about doing your own habit. And for me, I stretched in the morning. It was the first thing I did after I got out of bed and went to the bathroom. So mm. after that, I, I stretched in the morning in my room and I did that con so consistently and it didn't matter where I went or any anything. And sometimes I'd stretch for 30 seconds. Like I didn't have to be a long 15 minute thing. I would stretch maybe like do five stretches and be like, okay, I'm done. I don't have any more time. I have to leave. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's probably the start of it. If you can find a place and you can find the right time to do something, because sometimes we try to read when we have so many people around us, that's not the time to read. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the time to read is before you go to bed and nobody's bothering you. <laughs> yeah, so I figure guess, yeah, it's, it's important mm -hmm. to find that space where, where you're mm -hmm. able to, to connect. Now, when you stretched, were, was there something that you did while you were stretching? Was there like um, breath work that you included with that? Was it dark? Were there, were there incense? Like I'm trying to imagine mm. that space um, and how that worked for you. Yeah, you know, I think honestly my space, it was big enough so that I could basically stretch all the way out. Like I could put my hands and like if you were doing uh, jumping jacks, like I could do a jumping jack in my room if I wanted to. I could mm -hmm. lay down on the ground and I could spread all all my body out and mm -hmm. nothing would stop me from doing that. And I had like an, an additional two, like additional feet on top of it. So I had enough space physically to do it, but it honestly, all it was, was getting up in the morning, the time of day it was, and then just the activity of doing it itself. And I mean, we're talking about touching your toes, like loosening your legs up, like pushing out your chest, like, putting up your arms above your head, just simple things that really make it very like, okay, that doesn't make that big of a difference. Like it, at, at the beginning of the day, if all you did 
was made your bed and stretch for five minutes a day, you you're becoming this idea or this person of an organized person. Because if you do it for so long, then it, you see yourself as that person. Mm. And, and that's when you can start working with it because deeper than just doing an activity on a regular day-to-day basis is habits by definition be, is who you are because even the word identity comes from the basic idea of doing something consistently over a period of time. A mm. smoker calls himself a smoker because they have been smoking for so many years. I called myself a drug user because I used drugs for so many years. And mm. then I stopped using drugs for so many years. So now I am a sober person. It's Really, if you want to figure yourself out and who you are at a core level, look at what you do every day. Like, do you watch TV? Do you go right. for a run? Do you, what, what, what are your activities? Do you scroll through social media? Like, what is it that you do that makes you who you are? Yes. I'm glad you said that because I'm a person that I'm busy, but I'm not just busy. Like, I'm mm-hmm. productive, but not mm-hmm. many people will understand just how busy like my family is. I have teens who are athletic and they're in high school. So there's always something going on. Mm. I'm a life coach. I have my podcast hosting. I, we run mm-hmm. a business from home. My husband has this trucking business. So we're extremely busy people. And when people see us, um, they're like, man, we just never get to see you guys. And we're like, yeah, well, we're, we're busy. And it's not that we don't <laughs> want to see people, but we're really investing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we mean to be social and and friendly and share, but sometimes it's not where energy can go to at that moment. And Mm. it's important for us to be able to continue to invest back into our family because truth is a couple more years, they're out the house, but I'm constantly like every day I have like the timeline, I have a checklist I have to get through. And some people will ask me or tell me like, my God, I don't know how you do it. And you're always so busy. And I sometimes I'm like, should I be offended by that? Or, (laughs) or are they being snarky, judgmental, critical, or are they really just saying like, how do you do it? But when I look and I hear what they say and do, I'm like, I mean, I'm not sitting on the couch watching Netflix. I'm not just going to sit and pick out, you know, in front of a TV. If I need to do it one day because we really just need a mental break, we'll all do it together and just chill out on a Sunday. Maybe if we have a luxury, but it'll be maybe two hours. We're just going to sit there and watch a movie as a family. But the reality is the way you get things done is by actually getting it done. And it's not about how much time you have in a day or whatever, how many hours. We all have the same amount of time, but it's how you're investing that time. Because you're never going to get it done if you don't actually get it done. And it's important for people to know that, that I don't have more hours than other people. I don't have more energy than them. I'm just using that energy and investing it in our family. And that's why we have what we have. It's not luck. It's not the lottery. It's what you're investing in. So it's really important. And I'm glad you brought that up about Mm -hmm. how you use your time. Because if you don't use your time wisely, you're not valuing it. No one else will. Mm, That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we can go through every single day and do the same thing every day, but it doesn't really equate to potentially long-term success, right. you know, or or getting anything accomplished. It's just the matter of 
if you go to work and then go home and watch TV and go to bed, that's probably going to be your entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And you're always going to wonder how other people are getting it done, but it's because mm -hmm. they're just not doing what you're doing. Right. And that's the thing is if you want to change your results or what you have going on in your life, you have to start changing what you're doing. There's no other real way around it. A hundred percent. I also feel there's that other um, side we don't talk about, right? Like I think a lot of us will complain about not having what we want, mm. but if we channeled that complaint into how can I get it done instead and do it, we, one would prove to ourselves that we actually want it because sometimes we talk, we say we want it, but do we really? Because I think we all, when we want something, we go get it, especially mm. when we've been told you can't. And mm -hmm. so I like to think back and say, you know, do I really, do I really want a six pack? I don't think so, because I know I'm a go-getter. <laughs> I know I'm a go-getter. And I know that I, I challenge myself all the time with new goals and I'm constantly pushing myself. So I'm like, I know if I wanted a six pack, I would have had it by now. I really don't care for it. I think I'm okay with my mommy gut. Because I've let society tell me, girl, you could look better. And I'm like, but I feel great. <laughs> and I'm learning to embrace that. Now, there's days where I'm like, oh, I'm about to go hit up that plastic surgeon in Miami. And there's days where I'm like, no, I'm fine. And the reality is that we need to check ourselves. Do we really want this change or not? And mm. when we really want something, we get it. Let's be honest. We get yeah. it. And if we don't want it, then we're not going to, we're going to come up with all the excuses instead of solutions to get it done. Mm. So I really think it really starts with what do you really want? Not what mm. you think other people want, what you think you should want. What do you really want? Mm. Mm. It really starts within. Yes, I, I agree with you there. Can I say one thing about this too? Of course. Fantastic. The <laughs> thing that I have noticed is when it comes to getting what we want, what I have observed yeah. is that sometimes we don't have the, 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 the thing in place to help us get to what we want. Like, and you can think of it as getting, if you're, if you're, there's a town that's an hour away, you need a car to get to that location. Right. Right. The same thing applies when you're talking about like getting a six pack or wanting to read more or write more or do anything. I'm, I'm looking at my desk right now and I actually have an open book that's just sitting there and the page is open and I have it marked to the exact letter and the exact word that I started at. I wouldn't say the exact letter, but I, I, I have it marked where it's, this is where I last left. This was the last sentence I read. So it's so easy for me. I have my car in place that I can get from point A to point B. And what I've noticed a lot of times, even for myself and with other people, is that they don't have that car. They don't have that strategy set up so that it's easy for them to be able to, or even just have the thing set up at all, to be able to then go and do what they need to do. Like if you want to write letters to people, but you don't have any paper, it's going to be impossible. So- mm -hmm. You have to get the paper, you have to get the pens, you have to get the, 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 the piece of paper that you can put the letter in, and then you also have to get the stamp. And so the easier way to approach the, the thing is to say, okay, what do I want to do? Okay, how do I break that down? How do I 
put the pieces in place so that I can go do this thing. So we're not looking so much for how do I, I, I want to go send 15 letters. It's no longer sending 15 letters. That's the end result. But really what we're looking at now is, okay, where do I get paper? Where do I get the stamps? Where do I, where do I write? What, what time of day do I write? So by doing that, by asking those kinds of questions, you can then create the car so that you can then go and drop off. What time of day do I drop off the letters? Do I do it before work or after work? It's really just getting the specifics. And there's been studies done where if somebody says when and where they will do it, they're way more likely to get it done. I'm going to work out before I start eating lunch at 12 p.m. So before they go leave mm. to go eat food, they're working out. It's, it's the, there's not a question, do I, do I work out before? Do I work out after? You have to take yeah. out the, the, the questions and you just have to say, okay, how do I do this thing? How do I get this thing? How do I make this happen? It's funny you say that because I've heard other people say that with other things. Like, you know what? I'm going to make my nail appointment now for two weeks. That way I know for sure I'm going to get them done in two weeks. But mm -hmm. we forget that that becomes habitual. Like it's not even like I'm a spa day. It's like part of the routine. And that's what this is all about. And what I hear you say is that like habits are just consistent action steps. Mm -hmm. Now these steps have to be broken down. And that's something that I think our generation really struggles with because we're only seeing the end result. We're not talking about mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. We're just like, Hey guys, I did it. You want to know how I did it? Um, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know not. where that information is, but I, this is what I got. <laughs> okay. Like here's the six pack, but I will not show you the before. Right. And you're like, but how did you do it? And you're like, mm, let me think about this. If I really want to share with the world and mm. we're holding back on our people, we're really holding back on each other when we don't share the process. And then when you do, unfortunately, the response is very minimal. Like if you just put, like I posted a picture of our house, like, oh my God, we just bought our house. And it was like likes and comments left and right. I can't huh. wait to visit, blah, 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 blah. But where were they when we packed and moved, when we said we were moving? Like, where were they in that process? You yeah, know? right. You want to barbecue it up over here, but where were you when we moved? Like, you had, you were too busy that day. Like, and it's funny because people don't want to be part of the process. It's too much work. People are afraid of work. And I get that it, it's not as easy as it used to be in some instances where people are like, oh, my God, how can we afford a home? Like, our parents afforded a home and paid it off in 15 years. Here we are. We're never going to pay it off in 30 years and all of that. But if we focus mm -hmm. our attention on what can go wrong, then we're never going to get it right at the end. Mm. And the breakdown of how we get there, the process, the journey, um, people are talking a lot about that part. Like, oh, I'm on a, a healing journey, a spiritual journey, you know, a mental health journey. But mm. we're really not sharing or accepting other people's processes and journeys. It's like, we know we just want to see good content and not yeah. real life and real people living through their experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because, you know, if I put down, you know, trying to find a realtor, trying to find a good, you know, whatever attorney, like during the process of buying a home, there was zero feedback. But the mm -hmm. end result was like, oh, great, you did it. Okay. And again, you know, there's a lack of support. And then where there is support, 
-hmm. We don't know how to get there. Mm. So what could you advise someone who really wants to make a shift, transition from whatever it was to what they would like to do? What would be the first thing you would tell them they can do? Or what are some of the things you would tell them to start off with? Great question. And I really like what you're saying, because I agree with you. A lot of people just want that instant gratification, but they're not willing to, and maybe they are willing to do the work, but it's not really what our society even focuses on. I mean, genetically speaking, none of us are wired to think about long-term consistency. All of us are thinking about, okay, where do I get my next meal? Like that's how the brain is programmed to think. And so we, we are having to basically figure out different ways to make us do the same thing of, okay, where do I get my next meal and place that? Okay. How do I get to eating the best food possible? It's no longer about what's in front of me anymore. It's about where do I get the best thing for me? But to tell you about having someone make a better choice for themselves, well, it really depends on where they're at and what they're trying to do. But what I can say is, if someone is looking to make a change, it, re- it would have to be involved with taking whatever they're wanting to work on and putting it more involved in their space. So if it has to be taking, like I said, taking those letters to the post office, putting those things in your car, if you're trying not to watch as much TV, but work on your computer more, Put something over the TV, unplug the TV, put there. There's an interview I did with this guy named Hector who did a really good job at this. He took out his TV from his house and he put his desk and his laptop in the middle of the living room. So now he doesn't even have an option. You know, the best way to, the, the best way to get off social media is just to delete the app. With, right. there, there's, it's really hard to control the level of which you do something when you're scrolling because you're already in the middle of it. It's too late then. Right. So it's accessibility. Yeah. And that's how I've set up a lot of things. Like I currently have four phones. One is only for texting and calling. One is only for social media. One is for music and, and email. And that's, and that's it. You know what I mean? I have one, another one specifically just that I have my playlist music on that it has no commercials on it or no, no nothing else. So I know that's not everybody's availability. Like I got these phones over like several years and I know that is something you can do is instead of throwing away your old phone or uh, giving it to a friend or using it as for that next upgrade, just keep it and use it for one thing. That's so really that, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So interesting, but I think it, it, you said it best though. It's, it's about really taking control over it and Mm -hmm. having that discipline, um, Mm -hmm. having that accessibility. I mean, what do you want more of? I mean, I speak, for example, if I really wanted to challenge myself to eat better, then I won't buy bread or make rice. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) that's simple. I have and, but if you don't, then you're going to, you know, come back to what you have access to. Right. And you're, what you did was actually perfect. You know, it's the same idea of just removing the Facebook app from your phone, just so mm-hmm. you don't check Facebook. You're not buying the things 
so that when you're in your, because when you're already in the house and you have whatever's available to you, it's too late to say, don't eat the cookies. It's too late to say, don't eat the ice cream because you have it in access. I have done the same thing to myself. I, mm -hmm. I specifically don't buy ice cream and cookies because I know I'm going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, I, I find that to be like so funny because it's, it's really like that. And mm -hmm. I guess I'm also starting to see like, not everybody also has that same kind of control or maybe they mm -hmm. haven't built the habit yet. But mm -hmm. I think once you do build a habit, you're probably better, better able, not a hundred percent, but better mm -hmm. able to avoid it. And that's why mm -hmm. I get like some people say, no, I'm not a club person or mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, a bar lounge person because they, they're not drinkers and mm -hmm. they don't want to be exposed to that kind of energy because that's not what they do. And they're, they don't want to feel out of place because it's just not mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they're not a fun person. Like, I'm no. fine. I don't want to drink, but I'm right. fun. Like, you know. Uh -huh. um, so I think I, I get that. And I find also that it takes people different time frames and limits to build a new habit, right? They, there's yeah. this talk about it takes 30 days to build new habits. But I find that it could take longer for mm. certain people depending on what it is and how long they had this bad habit for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to touch on to that too, there, there's a, I think there's a very big myth about it takes 60 days or it takes 20 days or the, the real thing about habits is it's repetition. It's the number of times over. So if you want to build a habit and do it faster, do it more, do it every single day and don't miss days. Don't, don't focus on this massive result. And this commonly happens with new year's resolutions. They have this idea that, I have to do this thing that I have no idea how to do within 30 days. And if I don't make it, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is just how do I do this habit for less than five minutes, maybe 30 seconds every single day? Because really what you're doing is you're showing up. That is the number one thing to look at when you're working on a habit. If you show up every single day, even if you're trying to write something, for example, maybe you are putting your computer in the wrong place. And so that 30 seconds is, okay, you know, I need to put my computer over here. Okay, done, I, put, I, I did that. So then the next day you go back to it and you say, okay, good, I have my computer in the right place. Okay, now I can turn it on. Oh, but there's something wrong with the computer. I have to go get this thing. Okay, good. I'm, I'm making a note. I have to get this thing for 30 seconds. Good. The next day you go out and get the thing. So it's not so much about trying to use the helicopter to get to the top of the mountain. It's like, okay, how do I make, how do I take another step in front of myself? I just need to take one step a day. How do I take that one step? And over the years, over five years, I will figure out how to get to the top of the mountain. Because oftentimes, if you take advice from people, sometimes it can be wrong. But you are your own personal advisor when it comes to saying, here is the thing I need to be doing, and this is how I'm going to get there. It's never comes overnight, and it's never an easy process. I mean, sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say, like, it's never going to be easy. But I do want to give that idea because if you think it's going to be hard and it ends up being easy, then life's that much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also because the, the habit itself could be easier to attain, but other things can challenge that. Like, Oh, mm -hmm. um, 
I was rushed out of bed, so I couldn't stretch today. And it's like, yeah. wait, wait, you were rushed out of bed, but still give yourself that moment because you're building mm. new habits. And I think it's very easy to push things to the side when, when it's not natural, mm -hmm. right? When it's not, a bit, it's not a habit for yourself. It's not, you know, a common for you. So I really think it's important to note that it will be challenging even if you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have, to, you have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And since it hasn't been normal to you, it's going to feel like work. Mm, yep. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I feel like it's going to feel like work. And again, I keep coming back to the idea, like, you know, some people are really just afraid of work. Like, mm. you know, it's like, wow, you do all that. Mm, I could never, or that won't be me. <laughs> You're like, well, that won't be you at the end either. Like, right. that's just how it is. Like, what, what can I say now? I also think some people are just really well self-disciplined and some people mm. really need accountability partners. Like That's they really true. need like, like just go to the gym by yourself. Well, I don't want to go by myself. Then you don't want to work out. You know, it's like go, if you need someone to go with you, that's fine. But to really account your success, being dependent on someone else's support for you can get real tricky. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that I see happen very often. Like, oh, I, I didn't go because, you know, you didn't help me or whatever. And again, it's like channeling what you're unable to do onto other people. And so you're just never going to have success that way. Right. But I see a lot of people really need that motivation or energy from other people for them to do what they say they want to do. And that's, that can, that can be work because now you feel like you're not getting where you want to be because you're depending on someone else's wanting to be and that's like impossible that's true but here's the solution to that problem and because i've come across it myself like i said it's like i've had this problem being able to like interact and connect and like hold other people dependable like i have to hold myself dependable but for those people that you you can always find someone to write a type of contract with you could say and the way that it can be done is you have what you're wanting to obtain within you can do it within a certain time frame or maybe it's just like hey i need to be held accountable to this thing every single day but the the real thing is you hold a consequence action for it and you can if you really want to get in depth with this you can write out the whole thing but mm -hmm. the real the real thing to look for is to get another person to sign a piece of paper with you to make it more official because mm -hmm. If you have, okay, I want to do this goal and I want to do this action. And if I don't, then I have to do something embarrassing or I have to pay you some sort of money, some, some amount of money that I don't want to because. Contracting. Yeah, exactly. If you contract it out, it's like doing an accountability partner, but it's more on you at that point. Got it. Got it. Okay. And and, and so when you do that, you're making it a priority and you're putting it at a level of consequence where you're saying, mm. if I don't do this, I have to do this thing I hate. And I, <laughs> I never want to do this thing I hate so bad. I am willing to go out of my way to make sure this happens. That, that sounds interesting, actually. Um, I'm probably going to try that out. I'm going to come up with it. I'm probably going to go. But it's true. When you feel contracted to something, mm -hmm. you are, um, I mean, you're that. You're obviously contracted, but you feel committed. You're pressured to do it. Yeah, yeah you feel committed. And that's mm -hmm. important. I think um, 
I think that that's a really interesting idea. Um, and mm. I'm over here thinking about how I can apply that in my life, <laughs> <laughs> which are many ways, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's been amazing, Ian, having you on True Lessons today. Um, please, please share with our guests, our listeners, where they can find you and what you do. Yeah, so I podcast. I'm currently writing a book. Uh, you can easily find me over at www.iantolson.com. It's just my first name, last name, .com. And I'm sure you'll provide a link uh, below. But the other ways you can find me are just on social media. Like I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'd say the only thing I'm not on is Twitter for whatever reason. But... <laughs> You can, uh, yeah, you can find me out there. And if you go over to iantolson.com, um, I have an ebook on habits and I even have a podcast episode about a story of a guy who weighed over 400 pounds. He lost over 200 pounds and it took him more than 10 years. And I think it's just, his story is just so fascinating and mind, like it, it's just such a good example of, of what it takes to actually change your life and to have a habit and how you can start small because he was at a point of literally having to go to a hospital because he walked less than three blocks in the heat. And then doctors telling him, you have to quit smoking and you have to change your diet. And it went from that type of thing, he he had to prioritize it now. He no longer had an option. And then it mm. went from going to making these small little things of listening to Tony Robbins a little bit every day to you can do it and I believe in you to then going over more into, okay, now I'm going to eat less and then start walking. And now he's one, he's more fit than some, some younger people in the gym. You know what I mean? Like that's wow, his mentality. Yeah. And, he, and he says it best when it's like, there's no, there's no losing. There is either winning or learning. And I just love that mentality so much because at that point you never get broken down by those things that want to disrupt you from where you're trying to get to. Yeah. You know, you, you have those, we all have those problems that come into our life that says you can't do it and you can't get there. But if you just say, if you just change your mindset and say, you know, that thing is stopping me in some way, but you know, what can I learn from it? Oh, you know, okay. I can learn this from it. Okay, good. Now I'm, I, now I learned something. Now I can win long-term. Mm. That's really interesting. Cause I, you know, I actually use that, um, a lot with my kids. I'm mm. like, um, guys, you won today. Um, <laughs> what, what can we improve and what did you enjoy? And mm. whenever they lose, I'm like, so what are we learning today? Mm, and I, like that. I shifted that thinking a couple years ago because I'm not competitive athletically at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so same. I'm like very like mommy-ish with that. Like, mm. okay, you lost. Um, but <laughs> what did you learn? Like, yeah. let's kind of change the perspective because you know, we, we, when we only think about winning or like winning is the ultimate win, then mm. we're being very selfish. Cause at the end of the day, in order for anybody to win, someone has to lose and you yep. can't win them all. And that's, you know, the reason why that's the whole, I mean, competition is not just winning. It's, it's really learning and growing and evolving mm. and sharing a space, doing what you love with other people that are in the same energy flow as you. I mean, it just is, you know, you're in the same wavelengths. So if you're on the same field doing what you love, I mean, it just mm. is what it is, but I think that shifted for me 
a while ago. And um, it's easy for me to remind my kids or anybody like, listen, you know, it's just a setback and it's okay. But when it happens <laughs> to me, I'm like, what is it, universe? What? <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree with you there. Um, yeah. And I just like recently had my own experience where I was like, wait a minute. Um, okay. Let me just take a step back. This little setback is going to push me forward five times more. Mm. So I'm ready for that challenge. I'm like something big is coming. So I've learned to really shift my mind into that. That's become a habit of mine. Mm. I like it. <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but Ian, thanks again for joining us. You've been amazing. Yeah. I look forward to seeing more of your content and just having you on again. I feel like this, is, this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I would love to have you on my podcast too. It'd be fantastic to, to connect more on this. Absolutely. Thanks, Ian. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. This episode is brought to you by empowered majesty team where life coaches guide, help restore, help heal, help motivate others to be their highest self. The world needs healing. So why not empower others through life coaching? Everyone is here to serve their highest purpose and is majestical in their own unique way. Let Empowered Majesty Team help you. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to help people along their journeys. As life coaches, we are here to ensure we support the world's healing journey. To book our services or for a free discovery call, visit EmpoweredMajestyTeam.com. Again, that is EmpoweredMajestyTeam.com. Let's heal together. Thank you for listening to another episode of True Lessons. Be sure to look into the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. Be sure to rate and review. And if you love the show and you don't want to miss out on future episodes, subscribe now. Until next time, mi gente. Namaste.